Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are a priest. My name is Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. I am joined here today by Tyler Bigger Beerbach. What's going on? Oh, you know, we're just all hopefully uh, lurking into the championship weekend of fantasy football. And if you can't tell by now, Jimbo James Rear, he is not here because he's not leading the way. And you hear my voice, which is way more monotone. And thank you for dealing with it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just yeah, that's just what it is. So, yeah, uh, in this episode, we're talking about the week 17 waivers. You know, who you're trying to pick up in week 17, which means if you're still playing fantasy football in week 17, you are in your championship weekend. So congratulations to you. I made it in one league out of the seven that I'm playing in, which is pretty fucking tragic. Ty, how many leagues are you planning right now for the championship? Uh, I am also just in one, unfortunately. Nice. I was in the semis <laughs> in four of the six, but lost in three of them. Yeah, so he got the all-star lineup, apparently. <laughs> yeah. um, things change a lot in, you know, in four and a half months. So if you made it to the championship at all, be grateful. So yeah, in this episode, we're going to talk about who you should be picking up in week 17 if you're still looking for somebody to pick up on the waiver wires going into your championship game. Before we do that, the only real news of this week is probably going to be the fact that Tua Tungavailoa got another concussion. His third of the year, uh, pretty concerning. We talked about it pretty heavily quite a few uh, weeks back that it did not look good for him. The fact that they rushed him back so fast. So let's just say Tua is out this week because he is in concussion protocol. And traditionally, especially this year in fantasy or just in football in general, players don't come back in one week. So if Tua is not going to come back, would you start Teddy Bridgewater, a.k.a. Theodore Watercross? A.k.a. Teddy Two Gloves. <laughs> yeah, well, his rap name, but you know. <laughs> um, Man. When you look at what what Teddy's done this year so far, right? He's only really played in two games, and over those two games, he scored thirty two points. Um, he didn't play either game fully. Um, you know, one time he came in for for Tua after the concussion happened. The other game, he got hurt after getting the start. But you know, those are those are pretty respectable numbers on the year: thirty two points over the course of two incomplete games. Um, overall stats: thirty seven for sixty, five hundred twenty two yards, three touchdowns, three picks. Respectable numbers. Um, not you know jump off the page at you, but you know you're talking about a guy who's gonna be like roughly a top fifteen quarterback if he, that was over the course of an entire season, right? But mm-hmm. he gets a rough man. It's a rough start for his first game back, and you know he hasn't played since week six. So we're talking about hasn't played played in eleven weeks, and he gets to go to New England to play the the New England defense up in the in the East. You know he's not gonna get to play in the sunny weather of of Miami. So it's a, it's a tough matchup, man. Um, you know, I understand there are some injuries out there. We're talking about, you know, we know Jalen could miss this week all week as well. Um, uh, with the shoulder sprain, I don't know. We'll get to that later. Uh, Kyler Murray went out a couple weeks ago, so you could be hurting. Um, and if you're looking to really have to pick up somebody off of the waiver, that if your waiver is thin at quarterback, um, Bridgewater is a guy you can look at, but I don't love the matchup this week. If I'm being completely honest. 
Yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying. It, it's a hard matchup this week, but you know, even going back to last year when he was playing for the Broncos, a uh, pretty solid floor, you know, around 13 points or so. Uh, he's been on, around the league long enough that we are uh, we we know what he's capable of. He's definitely capable of being like a a, a decent starter if you have let's just say you you, know, you had Jalen Hurts at quarterback and you were struggling. And maybe you're like me. You try to pick up somebody like Davis Mills, who totally fucked you this week. <laughs> but you happen to be in the championship game. Teddy Bridgewater is probably a better option than uh, Davis Mills is going to be. If you're in the same boat as I am. You kind of see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I would agree with you there. Um, honestly, my thing is that when I'm looking at the waiver wire and in redraft leagues, if we're, you know, be specific about it, there's so many other guys that I think I would, that are probably be available on the waiver. That I would prefer. Um, you have Jared Goff. Um, if he's available, I know he's a little higher on the ownership percentage, but Gardner Minshew, Brock Purdy, Mike White. Those are all guys that I think I would rather have over Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, definitely. Gardner Minshew is someone we're going to talk about in this episode who is probably, in my opinion, the most valuable quarterback that you can pick up if you're heading into championship week and you need a quarterback. Yeah. So, without further ado, let's just dive into it then. Um, let's just talk about Gardner Minshew. We're already talking about him. <clears throat> yeah, we just do it. Yeah, so Gardner Minshew, he's rostered in 9% of leagues. And last week, filling in for Jalen Hurts, he threw for 355 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw two picks, but it doesn't matter when you have that stat line at that point. 355 yards and two touchdowns. And as we talked about last week, He's more than capable of leading this offense. There's so much talent that it really doesn't take the best quarterback. Not to shit on Gardner Minshew. We like him, but he's already in a good position, and he's a gunslinger. So fantasy-wise, it puts him in a good position. Absolutely. I mean, we I mean, we advocated for him last week as in terms of a guy you could throw in. Even though the matchup wasn't great, great I think we all kind of expected that he could go in there, there and hold his own because we've seen him do it, do it in the past. Um, and honestly, if you take away the the turnovers, because he was credited with two picks, um, not to mention there was also two fumbles, so that hurt his stats as well. If you take those away, you're talking about you know a 26, 27 point game, um, which you know are excellent numbers. You're talking about QB one numbers, which I think he was a QB one anyways, finishing at the 22 points. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's absolutely the, if you're looking for a quarterback, that's the first guy guy I'm going to try to find. Yeah, probably, honestly, the biggest waiver wire pickup, I would say, this week. If you didn't get him last week, if you had Jalen Hurts as your starting quarterback, I just don't see him slipping by this week. But we're going into championship weekend, so it, it, it's kind of like far and few between. Really, this whole episode's going to be kind of niche, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and he gets another relatively tough matchup against the Saints. Um, You know, they give up 16.2 points a game to quarterbacks where Dallas was only giving up Where'd they go? 15.2. So they're pretty close, but we know Dallas is the type of team that forces a lot of turnovers and the Saints defense doesn't. So uh, even though it's a tough matchup, we've seen that Gardner Minshew can hold his own and will be able to probably exploit them more than likely with less turnovers this week. So he could end up having a better game. Yeah, I would say, honestly, in this episode, probably the, the person I would be targeting the most would be Gardner Minshew. Over even position players. I mean, as as, as obviously, it's all about team need, right? 
Everyone's team is yeah. different. If you need a quarterback, that's one thing. I but I, I agree with you in terms of like if I'm looking for a quarterback, Gardner Minshew's a guy I'm going for. Yeah, and, and I see what you're saying with team need. Um, it, yeah, as far as like value it, with players, we're going to talk about and availability. Gardner Minshew is still heavily available, and his value is extremely high right now. So you know, later in the season, it, he, he's in an interesting position, at least for fantasy football. Absolutely. So let, let's just dive into this real quick here. Um, well, not really real quick. We're going to go through all of our waiver wire pickups and, um, yeah, see how we feel about it. So the first <laughs> one's going to be <laughs> uh, Tyler Algier, a.k.a. Tyler's Algier. You've been talking about him quite a bit in the beginning <clears throat> of this season. I and was. This one's a bit rough. I, do you have fancy pros up right now? Because he's rostered in 69% of leagues on Sleeper. I don't think he's quite that high. He's still pretty high, but I don't think he's quite that high here in Fantasy Pros. Let me double check here. Fantasy Pros uses more of like a composite, um, you know, where it's taking all the the larger fancy platforms and combining those those ownership numbers together to give you more of a, you know, composite ownership. So it looks like Tyler Gier yeah. from Fantasy Pros is at 44% owned. Okay, so Tyler Gier probably available in your league and last week he saw a career high in carries targets and catches and last week if you're comparing him and Cordero Patterson he had 18 carries to eight carries by Cordero Patterson so it looks like he's slowly taking over that backfield and in the last two weeks he has 35 fantasy points this week he faces the Arizona Cardinals who are not necessarily uh, anything dominant. <laughs> they're not, yeah, they're defense. not world beaters. Yeah, exactly. So Tyler Algier looks like he's in a pretty good spot right now, right? Yeah, he, he really is. And honestly, I'm surprised by his production last week. I was, I'll admit, I was the, one of the first people to say, do not start him last week against Baltimore. Baltimore's defense has been extremely tough against the run um, all season, and even more so since that the trade for Roquan Smith. I've been hammering that home since it's happened. Uh, but he he proved me wrong. He went out there and had a hell of a game. You know, they gave him the carries. Uh, yards per carry were over four, which is all you really want from running back. If you can get at least four yards of carry, you're putting your team in position to get first downs, stay on the field, you know, go score touchdowns. <clears throat> Honestly, the one thing he was missing from last week's game was a touchdown. He gets one, gets one of those. You're talking about an absolute RB1 finish, you know, finishing at just under 20 points. Yeah, he's definitely interesting. It seems like uh, with Atlanta, especially the change of quarterback, things are kind of, you know, the the tide is shifting in Atlanta right now. And Tyler Algier is probably the person you could like really put your money on. Let's talk about another running back, Royce Freeman. On Sleeper, he's rostered in 0% of leagues. It's not much more on. (laughs) It's not much more on Fantasy Pros. It's 0.7 on Fantasy Pros. So. 0.7. Okay. So heavily available. Th- this one really is kind of like a Hail Mary throw, but you, we, we have to talk about it. So ever since Damian Pierce went down, Royce Freeman has basically adopted that workload that Damian Pierce had. The production is not even close. Royce Freeman can't do shit with those touches. <laughs> We're not seeing nearly the same amount of points that Damian Pierce was having with those touches. But he is available, and he's getting a majority workload in an NFL offense. So we kind of have to bring him up. Do you have any faith in this? 
No, not at all. Um, and the reason he's not doing well is because. So if you if you looked for all like qualified runners, I'm pretty sure Damian Pierce had the absolute worst yards before contact from any other running back in the league. Um, it's because their offensive line yeah. is terrible and they're getting destroyed off the bat. But Damian Pierce is such a strong runner, has such good balance. He's able to overcome that. Where Royce Freeman isn't that guy. Royce Freeman, he's bigger. He's six foot two thirty eight, but he runs kind of upright. He's not very shifty. He needs to find a hole and get it going in order to make make any kind of play. And with his offense line, you can't get it. You, there's no way that's ever happened. He's getting hit in the backfield on almost every carry. So you're not going to ever be able to expect him to have a good game. Um, so I personally, I wouldn't roster him. I'm not interested in any way. If you're in a deep league or if you're really struggling at running back, it's a super flyer. Um, but mm-hmm. again, I think if you're in, in your traditional redraft, that's a you know 10 or 12 team league. There's no reason to be going after Royce Freeman. If you're in a deeper, if you're in a 14 team league or or something like that, then you might be considering that you know that kind of play. Yep, I wholeheartedly agree because that is uh, if you're in a championship game and you're looking at Royce Freeman, good. You're not winning. Luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you right, this, right now. If you're in the championship game and you have Royce Freeman in your starting lineup, you're probably not winning this game. Hey, miracles happen, but that's why they're called miracles, because that is such a long shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about another running back. Really, we're going to talk about running backs for you know the next two guys. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, rostered in 45% of leagues on Sleeper. He's still playing second fiddle to Deontay Foreman on the Carolina Panthers, but the Panthers have been running the ball like a mofo. They just, they might be the most run dominant team in the NFL right now. Last week they had 320 rushing yards. We're talking about yards on the ground. <laughs> so Chuba Hubbard and Donna Foreman, they're valuable, right? Yeah, I mean they, they get a ton of carries. That's all they're basically doing is is running the ball, like you said. Um so they get a lot of touches. It's a rough matchup this week against Tampa. Tampa's a very good run defense. Um they have been for what last probably three years. So that's a little dicey. The one thing that still concerns me about, about Hubbard, though, is the amount of work he gets compared to Foreman. Foreman, you're talking about 20 carries a game, whereas Chuba is getting more like 10 or 12. And that's my concern. And like in recent weeks, he is breaking off the big run to make it so, you know, he's extremely valuable that way. But that's my concern. I'm still going to favor Foreman over Hubbard uh, right now. Yeah, I'm with you. This is kind of like a poor man's uh, Browns rushing offense last few years. You kind of see what I'm saying? Like, the, the RB1's eating pretty well. The RB2 is getting a, a good amount of carries and is doing just enough to be relevant. Right, you know, yeah. We're talking about you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is my yeah. comparison. No, no, I think I think it's a pretty solid comparison and to, to see how this kind of workload is, is playing out. I think that's a pretty solid comparison. Um, and it, it makes sense to me. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard, it, it, it's a risk. It definitely is. But, you know, when they're running the ball this much and their <laughs> their passing and receiving situation is horrible, yeah. I, I wouldn't feel bad about putting, you know, Chuba Hubbard out there in my flex if I absolutely had to. Yeah, the but, crazy thing is, like, I mean, they're not they're not throwing the ball a lot. They're throwing the ball a little more than, like, say, like, Atlanta or Chicago was earlier in the year, even still now, because he's averaging about 23 attempts per game since Darnold's been the starter. 
Um, but yeah, but what about this week with Tampa specifically? It's a tough matchup. We know they can't throw the ball. So are, do you think that they're going to really be able to run the rock 35 times just into the gut of this defense that doesn't give up a ton of yards? That That is a great point. And at that point, I think it becomes a dart throw. Obviously, you want Foreman to be your guy, but it, it, at that point, it depends on who's going to score a touchdown, which is probably going to be Foreman. So you're, you're slowly convincing me. Chuba yeah. Hubbard, de- definitely a rough play this week, especially a championship week. I would not feel confident about it, but if you're in that position, there are definitely a lot of guys in the waiver wire that are not getting nearly as much carries. So... It's true. I mean, in terms of it. in terms of upside, um, outside of the guys we've talked about, I'd say, I mean, Algier is still ahead of him just because of you know the more the much more consistent workload. Uh, not to mention the matchup is better, and we're gonna talk about a couple other guys coming up here um, that I think I would take. All right, let, let me just let me just throw out the, what we're gonna talk about real quick. Let me just throw out these other. So we talked about Algier, Fearman, uh, Freeman, and Hubbard. We're gonna bring up here shortly Zach Moss, Khalil Herbert. Gus Edwards, right? I think I would mm-hmm. take, in terms of I'm just ranking them right off the bat, I'm going Algier, Moss, Hubbard, Edwards, and then Herbert, and Freeman. Freeman, Herbert's a backup. I don't, I want him over more than Freeman. <laughs> I, I think you're pretty much on point with what you did. I mostly agree. Um, yeah, there's not much I would change. So, yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. Okay. It gets a little weird in the middle there, but it's all interchangeable. And at that point, we're talking about the difference between six points and nine points. So, right. So, uh, let's talk about um, Moss. Zach Moss, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, wait, hold on. I lost my shit. Yeah. So, Zach Moss rostered in 43% of leagues. It was reported earlier this week that Zach Moss and Deion Jackson would split duties, but that is not what happened. Moss had 12 carries, while Deion Jackson carried the ball zero times. Zach Moss seems to be the guy in the backfield. I mean, how are we approaching this? Now that you know Jonathan Taylor is out of the picture, their passing offense doesn't really exist. It's an interesting offense. Yeah, it's it's all it's a little all over the place, but it's between Zach Moss and Deion Jackson. It's clearly that Zach Moss is the guy you're gonna want. Um, Deion Jackson is basically being relegated to a third down role, and so that's why you see him with three uh, targets where to Zach Moss is one. Um, so Zach Moss is is the guy you want. It's not a great workload. Um, you know, he only got 12 carries, which led the team by far, but it's not a, a workload that I love. Um, he could potentially get more carries next week when they're playing a Giants team that's not as explosive as the Chargers were when you know they were getting up and ending it forces Indianapolis to throw the ball. I think you could see with New York next week, you could you'll probably see a lot a much better workload out of Zach Moss um, next week against the Giants than he did tonight against the Chargers. Yep, and I'm with you. We, we talked about this, I think, uh, quite a few times this year. You know, and Deion Jackson receiving role is like that. That's what he has. So, you know, is yeah, that Moss I mean, entering, entering the picture? It's it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Deion Jackson was the clear starter at one point when you had um, John Taylor go down and Naheem Hines wasn't back yet. Um, 
And honestly, I think a lot of people, when when the Bills traded for Hines and they traded back Zach Moss to, to the Colts, people, it was a complete afterthought for most people, but clearly the Colts had it in mind that he was going to be the guy if something happened to Jonathan Taylor. Like, that seems to be very clear at this point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we all see what's happening. Who's getting the ball? Who's not getting the ball? So, writing's on the wall. Got to roll with who's getting the ball. Shout out to my bars. Dropping bars right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the weakest bars ever. So, let's talk about Khalil Herbert. Do me a favor real quick while I'm talking about this. Look up on Fantasy Pros, his roster percentage. On Sleeper, it's 67%. Uh, 34% on, on Fantasy Pros. That is insane to me, but it it makes sense because he's coming off of IR. He just came back last week, and last week he only had six carries for seven yards, but he did play 41% of the snaps, which is pretty impressive. Obviously, he wasn't moving the ball very well, but you know, honestly, the bigger, biggest reason I bring him up this week is because we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, Chicago is going to play the Lions defense, who gave up 290 yards to Carolina last week. Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman. So let's just say, you know, they give up the same amount, which is unlikely. Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert starters, right? I mean, Montgomery for sure. I'm not sure if I'm completely jumping on Herbert. Um, it's a bit of a dice roll, but the matchup is great. They're going to run the hell out of the ball because they don't throw the ball in Chicago. Um, luckily, this game is in Detroit, so you don't have to worry about, about weather that way. Um, so I think if you if you need a risk a risky play, you know, that kind of robust guy, Khalil Herbert is not a bad take here. It's a great matchup. We know that Chicago's gonna run the hell out of this ball, so he's gonna get his. He's gonna probably get more carries this week than he did last week. And you're playing a defensive front that you can actually run through, unlike in Buffalo, that's just a very stout defense front. Not to mention it was blowing like 60 mile an hour winds in Chicago this week, and you couldn't even attempt to throw the ball. A bunch of good points. So yeah, Khalil Herbert probably one of the better plays of this episode. You know, as far as waivers go. Yeah. Did you see the clip in, in Chicago where it, they punted the ball? The ball literally comes to a, st- a brief stop at the 11-yard line, and the wind kicks in and pushes the ball all the way to the, down to the four. No, sounds like um, some alien shit. Witchcraft. <laughs> Not about it. Yeah, it's like it was like coming to a stop, and then all of a sudden, like, the wind kicked up. It was like, oh, I'm just going keep going. Just keep it going. No, you should s- send me that if you find it. That's interesting. Yeah, it was uh, weird looking. Before we move on, you know, Khalil Herbert did play 41% of the snaps. Let's just say, and it's kind of the whole point I'm getting at here, is if Detroit gives up 300 yards rushing, if someone's on the field for 41% of the snaps coming off of IR, he he's has pretty to be in a good position. Yeah. yeah. And he's in position to maybe get 30, 40% of those 300 yards. It's not going to happen again. But if it does, Khalil Herbert might might put you in a decent position if you're struggling at running back. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I agree. I think it's, you know, it's it's a risk. But if you need that boomer bust play, it's a risk worth taking. Yes, definitely. 
let's talk about Gus Edwards. Oh, man, we talked about him so much on this podcast. Um, 35% rostered right now. Last week, he was the leading rusher for the Ravens. He split carries with J.K. Dobbins. We all love J.K. Dobbins, but Gus Edwards continues to remain in the picture. So, how do we feel about Gus Edwards? Yeah, um, I mean, it's... it's I also, you know, we're JK guys. I don't love Gus Edwards. He's not tend to be be the big play guy. I mean, he averaged nine yards a carry. Um, he's kind of more of the big bruising back. But I mean, you know, he he outgained uh JK by like forty yards on the same on one less carry. So it's not like he did that with like one big play. It was like just consistent, like really like solid, big kind of like chunks on the ground, not getting you know, he didn't like break off a thirty or forty yard run, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So, it's tough. I mean, it's one of those things. It's probably going to be more like a 50-50 split again this coming week. Just because I don't think they want to give J.K. Dobbins, you know, 20 carries a game. That's not what they're trying to do, not coming off the injury. They wanted to get him into the offseason healthy, right? So, you're going to see more of a split here still, which makes both guys a risky play in my mind. Yeah, I'm totally with you. It, it's a dart throw. Especially going into a championship week. Uh, if you're in that position, I'm leaning J.K. Dobbins. But, you know, it really is a dart throw. So we'll see who has the most points in that backfield this week. Let's talk about the Giants receivers, which is so fun to do. <laughs> we love doing that on this podcast. I feel like we've been avoiding this for weeks. Talking well, about we, Richie we bring, James Jr. I mean, we so we brought up Richie Richie James, we brought up Darius Slayton, like, and we've talked about how like it's they're both risky, like they've shown little pops here and there, but nothing enough to like really warrant wanting them in your lineup. And so, like, because when we first talked about Ricky, Richie James, that was two weeks ago when he went for fifteen points. He followed that mm-hmm. up with a pretty dismal game of only five targets for f- four catches for forty two yards. And then this one, he comes back, has 12 targets, and you know catches eight of them. Like It's this passing offense in general, and that's the reason why I don't like either of the receivers all that well to you know depend upon against against anybody. I don't know. We hate the Giants offense. It's extremely unpredictable, but a little bit like you addressed earlier, in the last three weeks, Rishi James has... 26 targets and two of those games at least 13 fantasy points so we can't dismiss him not completely um it should be pointed out though they are playing indianapolis next week and for whatever reason they are a very good defense against wide receivers they definitely are but you know 26 targets in three weeks in fantasy uh, i feel like it's definitely worth looking at you know, th- this whole episode really rests on uh, championship week, or maybe, um, what would you call it, semis, the, the semifinals, if your championship is next week. Right. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it depends. I think for the most part, this is championship week. I know, like, ESPN, if you're still on, still doing plat- that platform, they're like, default setting is a multi-week um, playoff system where you play in the semis for two weeks and you play in the championship game for two weeks. And that's why 
their mm-hmm. week 18. You know, they go into week 18. Um, but I think for the most part, week 17 is most people's championship week. Yeah, so it, it, it's a rough one, but if you're feeling froggy, then leap. <laughs> Which is a, a horrible leap to make, honestly, with the Giants offense. But R- Richie James has came through for quite a few people. Um, let's talk about Jahan Dotson. Rostered in 26% of the leagues. Probably, uh, in my opinion, one of the more intriguing players in this episode. Someone I would want to have on my team. Uh, he's becoming a pretty big part of this offense over on the commander's side. He has at least 13 fantasy points in three straight games. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, three straight touchdowns, right? A touchdown yes, in each game. Yeah, touchdown in each game. And it's not just that. I mean, obviously, the touchdowns help. Um, but, I mean, you just brought up with, with Richie James. John Dotson also has 25 targets in the last three games. Um, and so, hmm. and right now, and obviously, I, would, I, would, I don't think it's that far-fetched to say that the commander's offense is a more balanced, well-run offense than what the Giants' offense is running right now. So, I mean, I would take, okay, I mean, if we just talk about Richie James, I would take Jahan Dotson over Richie James. Yeah, honestly, I would too. Drop of a hat. Definitely somebody I would rather have on my team. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, the matchup is better. Um, he's They're playing Cleveland versus, you know, Richie James, and, and the Giants are playing uh, Indy. So I like that matchup more. Jahan seems to really be starting to grow into this offense where Ricky, Richie James is still a little more hit or miss. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yep. oddly enough, they are very similarly built. Jahan Dawson's 5'11", 182. Richie James is 5'9", 185. So very similar guys. They probably play they play a similar style of ball. Um, and so if I'm looking for a small, quick receiver, I'm leaning towards Jahan versus Richie. I'm totally with you. And I, I, I like c- consistency with my fancy players. And Jahan Dawson's a little bit more consistent. Jahan Dawson is just he's just more consistent than Richie James. I'll just say that. Um, we went avoiding talking about Richie James for like six <laughs> weeks. <laughs> His name keeps popping up, and uh, we try not to talk about him, but he's here. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just he's he's never been a guy I've really been one like you should even really consider it. Like I've teased it in terms of like thinking about it, but I never like wanted went out my way. But, like I want to go pick him up, you know. Yeah, their offense is. We're not in a position to tell you to absolutely start anyone on the Giants' offense besides Saquon Barkley. Hey, Good job, Saquon. You <laughs> no, I you know. said it right. You said it right the first time. I know. I did it for you. You're welcome. <laughs> so uh, the last player we're going to talk about on this waiver episode is going to be Mike White, cleared from concussion protocol. Rostered in only 50% of leagues. Uh, He's ready to go this week. He's going to play the Seahawks, and they are not the best defense, not necessarily the worst. They're giving up 18 points per game to quarterbacks. Um, I'll I'll just be straight up. He's probably going to throw like two interceptions. But if he throws (laughs) two touchdowns and 300 yards, it doesn't matter. Exactly. I mean, the Seahawks defense has been playing worse as the season goes goes along. 
I mean, obviously I'm not trying to compare Mike White to Pat to Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes just uh, played the Seahawks and had the second lowest amount of attempts he's thrown this season. He threw 28 attempts. The low, the only t- game he was ever lower was against Cincinnati. He went through 27, but he still completed that for 224 yards and two touchdowns. So he was still a QB one finish at almost 24 points. If Mike White gives you even close to that kind of production, he's going to be a QB one for you. And he probably will finish with that with production pretty close to that. And Mike White, he's swagging. He's doing it. Yeah. If you see what I'm saying. Yeah, no. (laughs) It's just like he has the confidence of the the locker room there, and the guys are are behind him. Obviously, there's zero confidence in, in, uh, in Zach. The Zach, you know, that guy. Wilson, <laughs> Wilson, yeah, Jesus, I don't know why I blanked on his last name. Like Zach, oh, you know, I thought you were fucking with me. <laughs> uh, but like he, like the the locker room is playing for well for Mike White. They, you know, they trust him. They like, you know, there's there is a, a thing about you coming in and playing with some swagger, and Mike White's playing like like that. So Mike White is. I'm gonna say it right now. I bet you Mike White gives you a top twelve finish this week. Oh, well, the start of the week preview there that's just that's... i'd have zero faith in the seattle defense coming from a seattle fan shout out to us recording in the pacific northwest <laughs> uh, hey man i see it i call it like i see it the defense is good and am i wrong with saying he's probably going to throw two picks but he's going to throw for a lot of yards and probably two touchdowns it, it will counteract Yeah, I mean, I don't know. His last game, his last, okay, so let's let's put it this way. In the, two, in the three games he started, he actually only threw inter- interception in one of those games. He threw two against Minnesota, but he was clean against Chicago and Buffalo. That's impressive. Good defenses. But we'll see. There's a reason he's a backup. Huh. I root for you. You kind of have. I mean, the the Jets they drafted Zach Wilson. You know what? Second or third overall. Like you have to give him give him the chance. But at this point in the season, you can especially when you have a, a clearly a playoff caliber roster and you were winning despite Zach Wilson. Like Mike White's at least giving you a better chance of winning. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Mike White. Yeah. If I get pulled out by the police, I pull out Mike White's side. And it's like, hey, just so you know, I'm partially white. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I'm going to call it right now. I think Mike White gives a top 12 finish this week, man. Put it on wax. Oh, it's on wax. We're going to come back to it. Best believe. I'm not going to forget it. So, yeah, that is our week 17 of Waiver Wire episode. Talk about um, anything, really anybody you want to pick up on your team. If you're listening, that means you made it to the fucking championship. Congratulations to you. Uh, in the off season, you know, we're gonna have some interesting episodes. I would say we're 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 switching things up. So, you know, keep hanging on. Make sure you like, subscribe wherever you're listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. And yeah, that's the episode. So we will catch you 
later Wednesday. in this week. Yes, sir. Or Thursday morning. When we put um Yes, sir. Thursday morning. Our last of our Star Wars sit episodes of twenty twenty two. No. We got week eighteen. We gotta be there for the people that are still playing week eighteen, damn it. What that's this week. No, this week is week seventeen. So we'll have one more um, week to start sit. Um Okay, yeah. So one of our last. <laughs> Either way, we're bringing you the content. We're going to do the research for you. Let you know what's good. So good luck this week, and we will see you on Thursday. Bye.